Yeah, direct misfire, aiming up hits Bend some spoon and sell liquor in the mix Follow along, stay up to date Comment, like, subscribe today Hello champs, and welcome once again to another Direct Misfire Missive. Joining me today, as always, is Benson, Spoon, and Selleck, as we talk CanCon 2018. So pull up a seat, grab a drink, and let's get into it. Very well done. <laughs> Thank you. I'll do what I can. <laughs> How are you going? My name's Hugh. Yeah, I'm doing very well, my man. Um, just jumping on the podcast as a special guest and pretending to be a presenter, apparently. <laughs> you nailed it. You sounded like a game show host. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Spoon Selick, how's it? Hey, hey. Bit tired. Well, oh. too bad. <laughs> we're getting into it. <laughs> <laughs> too bad. We're, we're recording anyway, sucker. Okay, so the point of this cast is CanCon 2018, as Hugh so eloquently read off a script. Um, we'll be running through the Clash of Kings 2018, or Clash of Kings AU event that help, was held at CanCon, which is it's a convention held on Australia Day every year. So we'll just start off by going through everybody's armies, what they took, because we all played, which is why Hugh's here. It'd be a bit odd having Hugh on as a guest if he didn't go. So. Yeah, that's right. Well, we, we are we going straight into the armies? So are we talking about any of the fluff around it or, or just straight straight in there? Well, what would you like? I don't know. Just the, the we all went up together in the cars, didn't we? That was good. Separate cars. Uh, two cars on the way up. Yeah. I wouldn't recommend the drive. It's boring. It is a boring drive, but it's better when you don't have to drive, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got lucky. Long stretches of nothing, which is great. Thanks. And then you get to Canberra, and it's nothing. Wonderful hotel bar, though. <laughs> Exceptional. Yes. Beautiful atrium, delicious nosh and drink. Yeah, only problem is it doesn't have the usual Canberra 1980s beer prices. No, that's, <laughs> that's right. It's gone for swish atrium bar prices. Can't have it all. <laughs> all right. Anyway, sorry so... for being so discursive. <laughs> <laughs> Plowing ahead, it was a seven-game event uh, over two days, four on one day, which is painful, and then three on the next, and as we discussed on a previous cast, I ended up running the Abyssal Dwarfs, the super best friends, basically all the living legends available to the Abyssal Dwarfs. Um, also sitting there was some Black Souls, just a regiment of those, a regiment of Slave Orcs, a trip of Gargoyles, a horde of Golems with... Blessing or Elite, uh, a regiment of half-breeds with the Brew of Haste, Horde of Gargoyles with the Potion of Pathfinder, two Dragonfire teams, all the Living Legends, like I said, and some allies. That was just a regiment of Flamebearers needed some slightly longer shooting, so and they look pretty, so I wanted to take them. That was my list, which did okay, spoilers. How about we go to my left, Selick? <laughs> what did you bring? Yeah, thanks. Uh, so this is a 2,000-point, obviously, tournament. So uh, I came in with the good of the elves. So I took a horde of kindred archers there with heart-seeking chant, uh, some palace guard, some forest shamblers with uh, plus one to hit. Shamble, the shamble, 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 shamble. Uh, the stormwind cav with uh, the caterpillar, uh, some dracon riders, two bolt throwers, an elven mage just with uh, the wings of the honey maze. Uh, some Forest Warden with the Brew of Haste and two Tree Herders, one of them with a Blood Boil and a couple of little uh, little items in between there, but uh, squaring up to a nice 2,000 square. Did you see, you said, I thought you said they were the good elves, didn't you? Well, they were good. Uh, they weren't that good. In, in alignment. <laughs> <laughs> in spirit, not, they so. were. 
Yeah, there's only a regiment of Dracon riders there. That wasn't ideal, but we'll sort of get more into that as they fail. So, Spoon, what about you, mate? I ran Abyssals, uh, ran a troop of Gargoyles, a regiment of Succubi, regiment of Imps, horde of Mollocks before they got the regen buff with uh, Caterpillar Potion, regiment of Horsemen with Brutal, uh, Abyssal Champion, I gave him Blood Boil and a Horse, Ifrit with Piercing, Temptress with Wings, and Helm of the Ram, Lord of Lies, and, oh, Cronius, and a horde of Twisted Victims. Ooh. That was what I took. Did you did you take those on the table as well? What? Twisted Victims? <laughs> no, one, no one got that. <laughs> we didn't. There's just going to be awkward silences all over the world. Do you want to explain that? <laughs> oh, I just... You know, uh, you know, it's like, that's what she said. doesn't matter how to be there, right? <laughs> you better cut that out. <laughs> Instead of tumbleweed sound right there. Yeah. <laughs> what did All you right. take you? I came along with Ratkin. Um, so I took Sloppy Jeff the Blightlord, who has a Quicksilver Rapier. I took a Warlock, uh, who has Banechant and Inspiring Talisman. Uh, named after the nearby town Yaz. Uh, we have Swarm Cryer uh, called Radis P. Radis, and he took the Griffin Banner. And I have an enforcer called Sir Rattelot who is riding on a fleabag mount and has a diadem of dragon kind. I also have um, two monsters, uh, both death engines with vile sorcery. I have a war engine, which is called a weapons team with a storm of lead, which is just MVP in every game I play with for some reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I also have the uh, a horde of blight with Macquarie's potion of the caterpillar. They like to chill in forests and pretend they're caterpillars. And then I have a horde of brutes as well with the blood of the old king. Two uh, regiments of shock troops. One has a war bow and one has a spark stone. There's heaps of unnecessary magic items in this to get up mm. to 2,000 points. Uh, I have claw shots, a troop, a troop of hackpaws, another troop of hackpaws, and two troops of vermintide. Mm. And it's a pretty looking army too. Yeah, thanks to you mainly. <laughs> yeah, so, um, it's on the uh, Facebook page if you wanted to look at the rebasing efforts, which is Hugh's army. Hmm. I think what we'll do as well is we'll put up a copy of these army lists. We know it's pretty difficult for everyone to uh, to remember it. Yeah, yeah, to yeah, remember follow. who's got what, uh, particularly mm-hmm. over a seven game tournament. So uh, mm-hmm. yeah, we will pop them up on the Facebook page. Good suggestion. All right. Let's get into the game. So, first one, we have Scavenge. Uh, that's with some tokens and stuff, I think. Yep. <laughs> uh, I don't want to read through all the rules, but that's what it was, Scavenge. Um, I'll just start off then. I was versing Tony Lee, if I remember correctly. It was a Conquistador army from the Historicals book. Uh, I don't think I've ever played against a Historical army, so that was new. Hmm. Bit, bit fresh. Very shooty. A lot of short range, kind of like throwing weapons. Um, lots of piercing, and there were some cavalry which also shot that had piercing, and they had devastating, I think the rule is, which is brutal for shooting, yeah. okay. if my memory serves. Okay. Yeah, it was an interesting fight. He, I think Tony stuffed up a bit. He had all his regiments of cav, I think three of them, kind of stuck on one side, and they bottlenecked each other and couldn't really manoeuvre. Um, and I had my uh, defense six stuff in in the center, and had my um, regiments of rubbish that the orcs and dwarves kind of off to one side, where he didn't have much, and they were just sitting there chilling out on objectives while the rest tried to kind of 
cave in on the rest of the army. Do you find that horde of uh, rock shambler friends and also the really big daddy rock shambler are, are good for uh, taking charges from cavalry? Thankfully, he didn't. Oh, I suppose it would have been better if he'd charged for me because he was just sitting back and shooting and that means I would have to kind of run up to him and then Fair enough. that would expose my flank. But generally speaking, they do well. Uh, they get taken down to maybe defense four and then I've got old mate uh, Dravak Dalkin healing them up if need be. He's got heal five, and if I can get a fireball off, that heals Infernoc, his big rock friend. So in most cases, they hold out until about turn five, and then they get smashed. So just enlighten me real quick before you continue. Your four super best friends, all four of the uh, of the special characters in mm-hmm. Chaos Dwarves, or... Uh, uh, Abyssal Dwarves, yeah. Abyssal, Abyssal Dwarves. Dwarves. Sorry, Abyssal Dwarves. Um, is that as cheesy as it sounds? Or? <laughs> it isn't. <laughs> I see. Because you also got to think that these guys don't... <laughs> hold objectives mean three of them are individuals so they're not mm-hmm. scoring anything and then i've just got a, a monster which is scoring one and that's almost half the army's <laughs> worth of points in yeah those i characters. can see how that would have been a big problem in this pack actually yeah so a lot of the time when i lost or drew it was because i just didn't have enough things to score and all they would need to do is take out maybe one or two of my hordes and then i've got what some slow infantry which doesn't really do much Nothing makes you score more like hordes of men. Mm, does it? <laughs> does it really? <laughs> uh, but in the end, I managed to pull off a victory. 17. Eh? No. 14. It was a win with 14. Oh, it was actually a decent win. It was 19 2. <laughs> Excuse me for that mathematic. Yeah, so it was sort of out of 21, the scoring system, wasn't it? Yeah, we were using the blackjack scoring system. So it's like a standard one, but um, the points are more weighted towards winning the scenario. And then it comes down to attrition and how much you smash up your opponent or not. I thought the scoring system was great. Yeah, it's great. All right, so that was me. Who wants to go next? Yep, I'll jump in. Uh, So I took on Julian Murcott for our round one. So he had Night Stalkers against my elves. So it was a bit of a grudge match on Twitter. Um, And then it sort of overflowed into the game. And for an elf list like mine, it was uh, not a very good matchup, I would say. Um, But at the same time, he probably outplayed me there just playing for the very first time. So he took like, I think it was a Legion of Scarecrows. Uh, some phantoms, two large butchers, butcher units in hordes, and some fiends, I think, there in a horde, and obviously a couple of monsters, I think two or three monsters along the way, um, and a couple of heroes. So that was actually quite difficult for my guys to take. Uh, in the end, he sort of won the Battle of Attrition and was able to clean up, and at a last, uh, I think it was turn seven we went to, I managed to get on a couple of uh, tokens and just claw it back a little bit, but ended up going down in that first game, uh, mm. 5-16. But a very good game against uh, Julian. Um, his army was uh, very pretty as well. Mm. Mm. As you can but, see on the Twitters. Yes, it, it is on the Twitters. Um, Your opponent, you mean, a, or the army? <laughs> Both, Both, maybe? I don't know. I didn't see it. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. The army's very nice, at, at the least. It is. Um, but, yeah, it was a great game, actually. So... It did go twist and turns, but I guess at the end of it, um, I had two tree men that were just trying to uh, win the game, and only with seven attacks, it didn't end well for them. Hmm. How much shooting has your army got? A decent amount? Uh, so mine has... It's got a decent amount. It's got, like, obviously, the horde of archers, and the mage, fireball, and two bolt throwers. Okay, right. So you could 
there's there's lots of room for shooting. So I would have thought maybe the the stealthy rule of the Night Stalkers. Uh, did they have a lot of stealthy? Yep. So I think he only had two units that didn't have stealthy. Uh. Um, and obviously the matchup he put, I think it was the dogs that were against my archers pretty much. So he was just going to shut them down as soon as okay. possible. So right. uh, it's very hard. Obviously the neg one and the way that he was moving them made me sort of move. And then the neg one, so I'm hitting on sixes. So uh, he yeah, played quite shouldn't well have fought them at night time. Archers. No. <laughs> I know. Rookie mistake. It's their home ground. Damn you, pitch battles. <laughs> Spoon? Uh, I played Bruce Tobin and his Shrek-flavoured ogres. Mm. Is that because they were green? They were green, and he'd gone to the effort of um, modelling uh, Shrek ears on every one of them. The little trumpet ears? Yeah. They looked really cool. Cool. Uh, Bruce ran... I remember this game pretty well, because I was facing uh, three hordes of... Ogre shooters. They're the ones with the long range guns, aren't they? Yeah. And, yep. boom, and a regiment of. Um, They're the ones boomers. that shoot appropriately. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> As their namesake suggests. Um, they had that living legend, the big ogre character that does blast. Rock Yeah, he was pretty scary. Basically, um, I got shot off the table before I got anywhere. I think I needed another turn with my horseman to get a, char- a double charge in, but um, horseman. Fell a little short, and um, I just got picked apart before I got anywhere. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, lost that one. Must have been seventeen four. Yeah. Must be tough to deal with all those ogre shooters with just about any army. Surely, like, because they can just delete at least one unit a turn, sometimes two, right? Yeah, and I wasn't really willing to sacrifice. I could sacrifice one of my characters, the temptress, to hold up a unit for a turn, but I've only got um, one stealthy unit. That <laughs> you need lots of temptresses. Yeah, need a couple of them to, to shut down all the shooting to get across mm. the board. And it was, yeah, it's pretty much delete a unit a turn. Fair enough. Hmm. What about you, Hugh? Oh, well, uh, that's bad luck, Matt. I, I played against a guy called Scott. Now, I only wrote people's first names down, unfortunately. So, um, Scott, you know who you are. He was playing a big brown Mongol army. So, lots of uh, sprayed brown Mongolians. Mongolian? Yeah. So, it was another um, uh, historical army. Oh. And similar to the one you played, it had a lot of shooting, like a lot of shooting. I think there were two units that didn't shoot, both of which were hmm. knights. He had about, uh, I'm going to say, roughly six units of these horse archers, which are really interesting units because they've got uh, they've got elite and vicious, I believe, at the very least vicious, and they also have individual, which is really odd mm. for a unit that's obviously not an individual. So they can kind of do all kinds like a of weird stuff. Unit then, yeah. Yeah, they got it, the the nimble and the individual, and they can sort of you charge them, and then even when they're disrupted, as long as they're not um, obviously uh, uh, wavered, they can simply do a one eighty, move back, rotate another ninety, move further again, like and just get completely out of your charge range, which I don't think any other unit can do. Really, it's quite bizarre. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, uh, he shot me a lot. I think there was five or six war machines as well. Uh, <laughs> most of which were sort of unmanned, sprayed brown kind of numbers, which was kind of odd, but that's okay. Um, I got shot off mainly, but I still managed to take off most of his stuff. Just enough got there. The heroes of this game by far was the Horde of Blight, because they shambled up into the forest, and as you can imagine, with minus two to hit, that was pretty tasty. Yep. And they uh, slowly uh, chomped through about half of his army, actually, which was really cool. Uh, including his horde of crossbow dudes mm-hmm. with pavises. 
took them down and then uh, eventually got to his uh, war machines right on the last turn and I gobbled most of those up as well. So uh, in the end, we both had about three or four figures left on the board, which was crazy. <laughs> I think just individuals for both of us, which is madness. And I ended up winning um, 15 to 6. Right. Yeah, 15 6. Close. Pretty close win, yeah. And the attrition score was 1740, so I killed most of his army and his was very similar to mine. Yeah. yeah. Good game. Yeah. Good game. Ooh. All right, that's round one down. We'll go into round two, which is Invade. Nice, simple scenario. I was up against Daniel Bird, and I think it was a Rordia army, the Halflings. Yep. Very difficult against this one, especially with the Halfling tank and a whole swath of knights, horde of choppy dudes, and very cagey. So there wasn't a whole lot of action for a lot of the match as we were trying to not die both of us and then there was a bit of kerfuffle right in the center as things kind of got stuck in and i was able to flank a couple of things and he was able to just smash through some of mine and just as we're getting towards the end of the game we're working out points and it was a desperate bid for me to try and destroy his horde which it was over the line or even just trying to prevent it to bring to a draw but i couldn't do it so i ended up with a loss my first loss for the tournament uh, it wasn't a big swing, it was very close, 16-5, um, and just like an egg one for the attrition, and like the VP was the same, so yeah, very, very close, very good game, enjoyed that one. Very nicely painted army as well, yeah. he did a real good job with that one. Well, that's always nice to see. Played his wood elves last year, and they look stunning as well. Mm. There's quite a quite a big variation at the event overall, uh, as far as painting is concerned, I guess we can talk about that after, but yeah, it was an uh, yeah. interesting mix. It's quite good. So uh, into my second game, I took on Ben Hampson. Uh, He took uh, some undead with a couple of units of ogre allies. Um, Just skimming through his list, it was quite a a weird one. We had uh, two troops of skeleton archers and three regiments of skeleton archers. Mm -hmm. Um, Then two units of revenant cav, uh, two catapults, two flying kings on the whims, uh, a flying pharaoh with the wings... Um, and then the ogres, so a big horde of shooters and a red goblin blaster. So this was a bit of an, an interesting one. I think at the end, because I was a little bit slow and I had to deal with a fair bit of lots of little units and my army doesn't deal with lots of little units very well, so I found out game two. What does your <laughs> army deal with well? Yeah, I'm not sure. I've played seven <laughs> games and I'm still not sure. But... Uh, Effectively, what I was doing is I took off most of his little units by the end of the game and then just got across the other side of the board to claim the win, so my first win. The Revenant Kings uh, couldn't punch out enough to kill off my archers in the end, so I just won, I think, with one or two two guys over his side of the board, uh, but it was with the attrition, so the whole time I was grinding out all of his little units, so the attrition actually got me an extra two points, I think. Hmm. Um, so I think I got 1,300 attrition points to his 760, so that punched me up to a 16-5 win, the first mm-hmm. win for me. Rah. Good job. Hooray. Savor it. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Nice. Spoon. I played Joshua Stacy and his Ratkin in this one. Um, this was, spoiler, my first win for the event. Hooray. I think Josh's big mistake was that he clogged up his own units and it let me decide what I wanted to fight and when by clogging up his units even further. Was mm. it the terrain or is it just like a large army? It was just... No, oh, it was a pretty large army. A couple of hordes of brutes, 
a bit. Uh, what are they? Two hordes what of slaves, sh- I think, as well, and a horde of the shock troops. Shock troops. I think he okay. had a horde of blights as well, from memory. So a few hordes. Yeah. So I think um, he clogged himself up, and he had his what are they called? Not rattling guns. The what are the war machines? The, the, the weapon teams. Yeah. No, weapon in teams. front of in front of his hordes, so they couldn't get anywhere, and <laughs> my imps oh. claimed their first kill for the event. Yeah. But yeah, I just. Picked apart unit by unit, pretty much, and it ended up being 17-4 win to me. I killed 19-40, and he killed nine, uh, 9-45. It's a big win. Hmm. Good job. Hmm. Nice. I would I must admit that if you hadn't... Yeah, I'll, I'll get to... I'll talk about a game of Josh I played later on in the tournament as well, so we both played that yep. guy. Yep. Hmm. No, it's up to me then. It's okay, well, I played... <laughs> Well, I played uh, uh, Matt, who was running uh, Dark Elves. He had a... Uh, Twilight Kin. Twilight Kin, that's correct, of course, yep. Twilight Kin. <laughs> and uh, he had Double Dragon, as well as um, some other stuff that didn't matter, because he had Double Dragon. <laughs> the important bit was the Double Dragon. <laughs> yeah, no, he had, he had uh, a Horde of Chariots, which was really cool, actually, really nicely painted a unit, and a couple of units of... Uh, what are called One Knights called? Dark Knights, I think. Dark Knights, Lizard Knights, yeah. whatever you want to call them. Um, and th- sure. Those guys are badass, man. Like, they were really hard. So, I sort of charged up the board, as you do when you're trying to get over the center line. And um, he took... It was pretty, like, even Steven most of the way. I managed to break through his lines. I think I played this one really well, to be honest. Although, I didn't focus the dragons much. And toward the end of it, because, well, you know, frankly, I didn't really have much that was in range and could kill them, and he positioned them quite well and what have you. So mm-hmm. I took off most of his army apart from a horde of crossbowmen with the wizard, giving them Bane Chant, hmm. and um, both the dragons. So the dragons ended up gradually chewing through most of my stuff toward the end. Mm. Um, and I very, very, very narrowly lost when um, I failed to route his unit several times right on the last turn of the game well um, done. Had, had I managed to route it then I would have had one extra regiment point to him and actually one even though I had probably maybe 300 points of my army left and he probably had close to a thousand still so he was well oh. in front uh, still almost one through because you see the lovely thing about the Vermintide is that sure they're not gargoyles in terms of chaff like they're not that awesome but they are large infantry so they count as a regiment even though they're only like a little troop sized mm. mob you know what I mean and the 60 points, so having a 60-point unit that counts as two and is relatively quick and small and, like, could get ignored, is pretty. it was, ended up being pretty juicy, and it almost won me the game, like, sneaking a few of those bad boys behind a hill. So you should get a couple of those, like, just for scenarios and sit yeah, in the corner. and they're okay. Like, I mean, you'd compare them to, like, a regiment of slaves uh, that are around the same points for sort of a bit more nerve and stuff and mm. a similar movement. And you could say the slaves are better in a lot of circumstances, but, um, you know, the, at least they're very quick to sort of paint and get together and that kind of thing. And they have a very small footprint. And I think sometimes small footprint is a bit underrated. Mm. The small footprint of the dragons was probably the worst thing about them, to be honest, because I just couldn't catch them no matter what I did. Yeah, that's dragons for you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, one's hard enough to deal with, but when you've got two flying up your ass, you're in deep shit. A horde of Vermintide compared to a horde of slaves, uh, the Vermintide's 10 points cheaper and a smaller footprint and only height zero, so it should be easy to hide too. Yeah, theoretically. I mean, you could shoot over them at two, which is quite nice. And nimble as well. Yeah, nimble. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're not. They're not as useless as people think. I think they're a bit underrated. They're, they were good. I think they're good. Mm. Yeah, 
Okay, with that down, we go to the third round. Uh, this would after or before lunch? I can't remember. I was getting tired now. Um, <laughs> now, round three was Occupy, and I was up against uh, John Turkic. He was running Ogres. This was a funny game. He had a lot of regiments, uh, like the um, Berserkers. There was regiments of Boomers, a horde of shooters, a couple of ins- uh, inspiring characters, a Goblin on a thingy doing breath weapon attacks, and three Blast Wagons, which is my favourite formation. That should be a formation, maybe <laughs> 2019. Um, what what uh, special rule would they get? Plus one distance on the boom? Uh, they would get 2d6 range. Ooh. The explosion, Ooh. just to make him even oh, more risky. <laughs> Why not just heist or something? No, 3d6 range, yeah. Vanguard. <laughs> Super boom. <laughs> Vanguard. <laughs> anyway, keep going. Having played Ogres myself for a little while, boom wagons, they got to go. So he took them out and a lot of his army was kind of on the other half of the board. So I tried to hold them up as much as I can while I try to swing around. But poor old John couldn't get rid of my gargoyle troop the goblin was using his breath weapon on them i think it was three rounds and they passed their wave and route roll three times regen back most of the wounds (laughs) but susu was able to kind of creep around the back for three turns not doing anything and then one deciding charge from both of those guys uh the gargoyles onto the flank and Basusu into the flank of the shooter horde in a forest and took th- <laughs> took them out in one round. The gargoyles did more damage than Basusu, and I rolled high, and he had no one inspiring nearby. Wow, super oh. gargoyles. So that was hilarious, yeah. That yeah, bloody does. goblin tried really hard and just couldn't take them out. The monster, he did well getting flanked on either side and charged on the front and held for a good portion of that. So good old uh, Infernoc, got to take him every time. But then I also got to take Basusu, and I've also got to make sure I take... I think Super Best Friends is just going to happen every list now. <laughs> Please, no. <laughs> it's too much fun to play. <laughs> Between Basusu and Barack Obama, it's just about impossible to take those bad boys off. They're just it's fantastic. <laughs> too small. And they may not do tough. a whole lot like in terms of damage, but they annoy and harass, and it's, it's great. Have you ever lost Barack really early on? Like, Have you lost him and then found that you... Have inspiring troubles? No, because I make sure he doesn't die. I just make sure he's hiding or out of charge range. Hmm. Playing smart, that's the key. Fair enough. Uh, 18-3 was the result for that one. So Another big win. A solid victory. Yep, good game. Fun. I love playing Ogres. All right, Selick. Oh, round three, probably my worst game uh, of not as in my opponent was fine. Uh, Sean Hammond and his Night Stalkers. There's three Night Stalkers armies in this whole tournament, and I managed to pick out two of them in the first three rounds. <laughs> Terrific. Uh, so he was running a couple of Spectres troops, some Reaper infantry in regiments, a, a regiment of doppelgangers, some Phantoms, Needle Fangs, Fiends, and my personal dread here is the Mind Screech monster, oh. a Terror monster a horror hero, and the lurker hero. Um, so, summarising this whole game in a nutshell, um, I missed a charge. Um, so, he shot, I think it was the mind screech, at my knights that were right in the middle. They got to pick who they wanted to charge. My right flank was doing well with all of my trees, cleaning up slowly, winning that battle of attrition. Uh, he wavered my knights, 
So I didn't charge that round, and I think he sat there on 10 wounds, and he failed to route them or waver them in the following one. So uh, that was was good, apart from I forgot to charge uh, the Mind Screech. So they just sat there, not doing anything for a turn. How did you uh, forget? Well, it was like 35 degrees, wasn't it? Something like that. So that's like 90 <laughs> Fahrenheit. Yeah, there that's no fair beer enough. in sight. Um, <laughs> you, you'd just gone a bit. That would have helped. I was struggling also from severe lack of beer at this stage of the tournament. So it was, it was a dry event. Um, but needless to say, and this is where it sort of slaps you in the face uh, like a turkey slap, is the Mind Screech monster at this point. Really? A turkey slap? A turkey slap. Um, <laughs> picks out my knights, takes them off, turns, takes out the tree men after that, and then he just ties them up. Turn six, I think it was, I managed to get across the table, uh, get into the objectives a little bit, um, but it was a bit of a bloodbath after I couldn't take out uh, the piercing three monster. Uh, in the end, I think I clawed it back to a 16-5 loss. Yeah, probably got away with that uh, result, to be honest. It was, I think he got 1,600 of my my points there or something. So, to my 850. So, yeah, a big loss for me. It was emotional. <laughs> Shed a tear. <laughs> How about you just don't forget to charge? Yeah, that yeah. would also be yeah. a thing. All right, Swoon, what do you got for us? All right, I played Chris Wilcox in round three. Um, uh, yes. And his force was a lot of goblin spitters, a lot of goblin moor-based troops. That's all they've got, yeah? Pretty much. Oh, no, there was <laughs> three three goblin heroes on moor-beasts. Oh, I can't forget them and the wizards and, and the trombones. No, he didn't have any trombos. He had three mm. um, rock lobbers, whatever they're called in Kings of War. And I can't remember what they're called from the herd. Um, whatever, uh, one of their beast herd units that come in a horde. Stampede. That was his. No, no, no. Like just an infantry unit. I can't remember what that okay. was. Okay. Cool. Right. But they were his best hand and combat unit. Yep. Um, highlight of the game was making sure, oh, for me anyway, was making that best hand and combat unit not fight around a combat for six turns. That was pretty Good awesome. job. <laughs> <laughs> so I just flew around him, over him, and left Under him alone. Him. Yep. But um, when you come up against four or five spitter hordes and you've got to do the trot along over the tabletop and hope to get there, it doesn't really work all that what well. Are go- what, are, what are goblin spitters? They sound... Archers. Very Archers. rude. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, right. That is rude. so i think my big mistake i spoke to chris after the game about it and i think i should have just charged my temptress into one of the spitter hordes um, rather than going over the top i went for the war machines to save my big creatures and i should have just held up one of his hordes maybe that might have changed a few bits and pieces but who knows the um, temptress ended up taking out three of the three war machines at the back eventually so I don't know. He d- he tore me apart with all these arrows, uh, and I come out with a sixteen-five loss. That was it. Mm. Well, that could have been a lot worse. Sixteen-five isn't too bad. Mm. Yeah, that's that's not too bad. Those gobbos are pretty nasty. Mm. And Hugh. Okay, well, uh, I played a guy called Michael, um, who I believe is a local chap. Local in what respect? Melbourne, Canberra. As in, he lives in Canberra. Okay. Uh, yes, uh, local to the tournament is what I meant. So he's up there in Canberra, I believe, if I'm wrong. Sorry about that, Michael. But uh, he was playing a Kingdoms of Men army um, with 
quite a large number of units. He had uh, three Pegasus characters, I think two wizards and a regular Joe, or it might have even been three wizards. Um, and other than that, it was basically a shit ton of infantry. He did have one small unit of chariots, which I'm pretty sure is the only thing I killed. <laughs> <laughs> so his, his whole army um, sort of spread out across the entire table. This one was an interesting one where you gain victory points based on where you're able to get on the table. But it sort of split into three parts. We had sort of the left flank, the right flank, and the and the center. And uh, we were talking after the game, and he told me that when he saw my Ratkin list, he heard me say Ratkin, and then he read the list, and he went, "Oh, okay, I'm not worried anymore." And we proceeded to this is this is his words, and we proceeded to play the game, and uh, I got stomped on the left flank, the right flank, and the middle. And uh, and we we were talking about what I could have done differently, and we both agreed that I could have deployed a little bit better, although he had more units than me, so I would have had to somehow outsmart him. But assume he deployed in the the same way he did, and I deployed noticeably better, I could I probably had about a seventy five percent chance of winning one of the flanks, uh, but I still would have lost the middle and the other flank and lost the game anyway. So that's what we managed to deduce between us that I could have done better in that game. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, I tell you, if uh, every, like he was a nice enough bloke, Michael, uh, but I tell you, if every game of Kings of War was as utterly helpless as that, um, I probably wouldn't play this game. <laughs> it was it was just, there was no chance in hell. It was, it was mainly because we had probably similar styles of army, like relative hordes and what have you. It's just that his hordes were better than my hordes and would win in a one-on-one fight. And um, he had more of said hordes because his points were a bit more efficiently spent. So... It's kind of a case of bad matchup. Not so much him having super cheesy army, just uh, the matchup being a bit of a rock, paper, scissors uh, scenario. Mm, unfortunately. Or it's more like rock, paper, rock, and we both had rock, and his rock was bigger than my rock. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's round off the, the first day with round four, which was push. Yeah, so day, round four in one day, were you feeling a bit like, were your nuts pretty sweaty at this point? Oh, I don't think I could feel them. <laughs> Feel I was even struggling just now reading through my notes trying to remember what happened in this game and who I was playing. So Damien Coburn was the name that I've got written down. If I'm remembering correctly, yes, I am remembering correctly now, uh, it was another Abyssal Dwarf army. Very similar, but without the super best friends. They were kind of minor friends. So instead of uh, Barack Obama, he had just a standard Abyssal Halfbreed champ. Um, instead of Basusu, I think he had a Temptress as an ally, Swings. Yep. And we both had Dravak Dolkin and Rocks and whatnot. So we, we didn't have very many tokens on this one. And it was, I don't know, pretty even. We both deployed very similarly. Uh, his Rocks faced off my Rocks. My Hordes uh, of, and Cav faced off his Hordes and Cav. But I think I just won out a little bit. Um, he kind of, right at the end, decided to throw his... Rock Golem in to try and support a horde on the other side. That left his flank open, and I said, bugger this, and pour everything into the thing that he ran away from. And that secured the victory for me, 17. Huzzah. I think 17, yeah, 17 4. All right, so at the end of day one, you've had three wins, one small loss? Yeah, yeah. Ooh, so he was, so he was doing okay. I think I he was eighth great. at the end of day one. Four games is too long in a tournament. I can't cope anymore with four games. It's pretty rough. I think if in, under the right sort of circumstances, it could be okay. But uh, we were in a shed, a giant shed with uh, aircon that apparently wasn't working. 
on a very warm day. It was mm. quite fatiguing. Let's just I don't know what on. circumstance four games would be good. Maybe like 1,000 points or something, but 2,000 and what have you. It's it's less like that. I mean, mental fatigue is definitely a factor, especially when you've been traveling and all that kind of thing. But yeah. And it's hot and all the rest of it. But but also like there's just – you run out of desire to play another game at that point because you've been playing yeah, you, all you day. Yeah, you game you know, three you're like, and you're celebrating and then, oh, wait, so there's another game to let's go. Let's go to the pub, <laughs> lads. You know, you're in the mood and then you have a fourth game. Oh, f*** me, I've played another game. That <laughs> was. And, and my game was against Rowan Keating there and his beautiful, beautiful goblins. But he could sing. <laughs> they did end up winning. <laughs> Not related. <laughs> The uh, best painted uh, that was the following day. Um, I can't remember his exact list, but he had two giant big uh, legions of rabble. Um, some of the uh, wolf riders there, two units of trolls, two giants, um, and I think about four or five characters that were uh, all wizards flinging around stuff at me. Um, in the end, um, I managed to take down most of his big units. Um, however... I ended up losing. I think in the last turn, I lost my one of my big units there, and he won the scenario there by one token, uh, and I had already smashed him in points, so I ended up bringing it all the way back to an eight uh, thirteen. I think it was. So mm-hmm. yeah, it was a uh, uh, probably one of my favourite games of the uh, tournament, despite the fatigue. Um, so I belted mm. him around, belted the gobos, but uh, that's where I guess the blackjack really helped out he was focused on the objectives um and deployed really well to protect his objectives mm-hmm. and i didn't quite have the tools there to uh, get across the board to take out his other big legion i think that got away i think he said it best actually when uh, he said nothing, nothing at, at all, all. <laughs> so that's rowan kidding mm. um yeah a really good game uh rowan's a very good uh player as well at the best of times um, I'd, I'd just like to not... apologise just because he's probably heard those jokes so many times. Constantly. He's probably sick of it. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yes, uh, it was a good game. Uh, really enjoyed it. Well done, Rowan. <laughs> hey, you know, I went to primary school. My name rhymes with poo and spew and goo and a whole lot of horrible things. So I feel your pain, Ronan. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I'm there with you, brother. What are we up to? Game four? Game yep, four. Last game. Yeah. <laughs> I played Zach Gardner and his Varanger, and I'm still hating myself to this very day for the stupid mistakes I made in this game. Nothing to do with Zach. Wonderful guy. Fun to play against. I had him begging for mercy there, if I can get it out, Yep. at about turn three, and that's when the stupid mistakes begin. So Okay, so you choked. <laughs> I cost myself the game twice. Once I had a double charge, triple Double charge it was. Horseman in the front of a unit, succubi in the flank, and I only rolled 25 dice for the succubi instead of 50. (laughs) All right, mistake number one. Yep, so the unit held, and that kind of screwed the flank of my succubi. So they disappeared the next uh, turn, as you would imagine. Um, And in the last turn, I had the game one. I had two tokens to his one. And I saw another token, so there must have been four in the game or something, because he still had one. And I saw one there, and I thought, I'll just go and pick it up. And without realising, exposed the rear on my cranius, (laughs) and cost myself the game. Bonk. So my end stupidity cost me that game, uh, and I come out 15-6 loss. 
So mm, close one. Yeah. I feel like you can be forgiven for that, given that you'd been playing Kings of War for about eight to ten hours at that stage. Yeah, I still don't forgive myself. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. what about you, Hugh, for game four? Uh, I played another Michael, which makes me wish that I'd written their last names down, but a different Michael, <laughs> not the same Michael. This guy... Um, uh, let me just have a look here, because I can bring it up. Round four, Michael Geld. Okay, cool. Michael Geld. Um, he was a lovely bloke. Definitely would have got my best sports had I got the time to vote for my best sports, but I did not, so sorry about that, Michael, but uh, better luck next time, Brew. Um you know, he, he uh, missed out on winning that by one vote. <laughs> no, he didn't, did he? <laughs> Bullshit. You're just joshing. I don't know. <laughs> um, so, yeah, he was playing dwarfs. Um, he had a, a bunch of dwarfs. Most <laughs> of them expect. were cruising around on foot. Some of them had guns and a few of them were riding badges, as they do. Uh-huh. Stuff I want to do. Yeah. Uh, some of them didn't have any shirts on, and they were yelling, and you know, had a you know particularly des- fierce desire for orange hair dye. Unless, of course, <laughs> just like dwarf rangers are just generally angry dudes. They are angry at the world. Maybe just naturally, like it's in the genes. I don't know. Mm. But anyway, <laughs> the dwarfs came at me. Um, I feel like I out deployed Michael. He. Uh, sort of the opposite of the previous game, I suppose. And he uh, popped a couple of his organ guns on one flank and I avoided that like the plague uh, because uh, organ <laughs> guns are nasty. And um, Good move. I hate organ guns. Yeah, they're pretty brutal. Uh, and um, the rat ogres up until this point, which are not rat ogres, they're in fact called brutes. They're, they're brutes, brutish. I feel like that just doesn't really sum up what they are. Rat ogre is a more accurate name than brute. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. So, so the, yep. the Brutes, um, up until this point, they've been playing three games of uh, Kings of War and they've made three moves and uh, then got taken off with shooting in every single game. I think in my <laughs> army, uh, they are the only obvious source of crushing strength. They're the, they're the one unit that you know if they charge you, they're going to pack a bit of a punch. It, even, even just looking at the army, I think. So it's a weakness in the list. And they're only defense four as well. They're defense four, that's right. And they dropped like a sack of shite. Like I played it right in that in each case they had rallying two and inspiring. So I did sort of everything I could to keep them on. But it was just never Mm -hmm. enough uh, in each unit. Each army I'd played had at least one horde of shooters. And they just went first turn, horde of shooters, shoot that. That thing is dead. So uh, this Mm -hmm. time I made a really conscious effort to avoid all the shooting. Um, and got the Radogas on the other side of the board and uh, manoeuvred pretty well at the start, got a big flank on his uh, Rock Golem friends uh, and uh, got, mm. got the flank in there with the Death Engine and the front with a Blight, which should have probably taken them off. Uh, mm-hmm. But I fluffed it and they stayed and then countercharged the engine and then I charged them in the flank again and they held again. And so, 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 yeah, that was that was bad. I mean, like, I know math hammer doesn't work, but it turns out when it doesn't work a lot, uh, you get a bit f***ed. <laughs> so that's kind of what happened. I mean, that wasn't the only reason I lost. Um, Michael maneuvered really well in some other places, and um, it was a really close game actually right until the end. When, the, when I fluffed it on the rocks, I thought, GG, this is over. Um, but I managed to claw back quite a bit, and... Um, but we just had like actually what ended up being a really fun game. I think both of us were quite sweaty and salty in the first few rounds of the game, you know, being fourth game and everything. And I think we sort of sucked it up and sort of, you know, started being men instead of princesses and uh, got on with it. And uh, <laughs> so we, we uh, the second half of the game was just this, lots of really close roles and stuff and just uh, 
hanging off on a knife edge. So ended up being a really fun game. So like Selleck, even though we both whinged about there being four games, we both actually really enjoyed our fourth game, ironically. Hmm. Hmm. And with the fourth game over, we went home and collapsed. Um, we played Rising Sun. It's a pretty cool board game. I think we played that almost every night, didn't we? Yeah, both nights. From Cool Mini or not, check it out. But what I think we'll do now is we'll just have a quick break before we get into day two. We'll be back in a moment. We're back. So day two has dawned. I'm still tired. I don't want to play Kings of War anymore. I'm surprisingly not that hungover. No, well, moderately hungover. Too tired to but... to drink. Mm, mm. Yeah, that's the problem. <laughs> so highlight of the morning was uh, Benson's girlfriend actually cooked up some bacon and eggs. Uh, it smelled amazing. Mm-mm-mm. Bacon always smells amazing. I think it's pronounced yeah. fiance these days. Oh, it is. Yes, that's, <laughs> that's true. I didn't uh, compliment you before on your lovely use of the word swath when you were saying there was a swath of nights. When is it okay to say swathe? When you're incorrect. Never? I don't know. Good. <laughs> I'll need to look that up. Good to know. Good to know. Uh, all right, let's get into it. Round five was eliminate. I was facing off against, uh, I believe, two-time master, Jeff Trache. Ooh. Or Trachey, as some people call him. Or Jeff, as some people also call or him. I would Je- Jeffy, as his wife calls him, probably. Maybe. Yeah. Um, he was running the dwarfs. This is a day of dwarfs for me. I think it was three rounds of dwarfs. It was great. Very hard game to win from the offset because of the scenario. And he had three hordes of dwarfs along with a couple of... What, what was the scenario? Uh, eliminate. So you have to kill the most expensive units. And there's like a token in the center to break ties. But his most expensive were a couple of... Brock Rider regiments, which he just sat at the back because that's what you do. You don't want them to die. Um, I did similar, but I don't. I, my, my force is quite slow and trying to get around his three organ guns, so I just kind of zipped away from them and tried to hold the center. But when you're facing three hordes of foot dwarfs and I've got nothing to really contest it, I'm just trying to play for the draw. And he was able to uh, hold out and take the victory just by one VP. Or a couple of VP, I suppose, he, when it comes down to Do you take the tie-breaking thing in the middle? Yeah, and I couldn't do much about it. I couldn't shift them because all I had was my rocks and not the greatest damage output, and I had to try and break through three hordes. That wasn't happening. <laughs> um, so that came down to a 5-16 loss against Tracy. Good game, though. Very clean player. Like, everything is measured well, and there's no rules, queries, or little bumps of dudes. It was great. Yeah, he's a pretty amazing player. Keeps his fingernails short mm. and clean, I guess. Yeah, he's been on the scene for many moons. So I remember 10 years ago... In 19 dickety two. Yeah, 1962. Oh, it was a great man. No, uh, so 10 <laughs> years ago, actually, at Convic, uh, he was playing down there. And I think that was where he was constantly the Warhammer Master, Warhammer Fantasy Master. But With dwarfs back then as well? I can't remember back then uh, what he was playing. I was never at the top tables with him, mate. 
Fair enough. So my round five, Jonathan Turkish. I forget who played Jonathan and his ogres. I think it was you, Benson. I did. Um, so this one here was a, a weird old game. A weird old game. So not Kings of War. We, uh, we played Kings of War as well, but uh, okay. <laughs> okay, we'll talk about the Kings of War game. But uh, he got a charge off, and it came down to a couple of different aspects. One, he got a dual charge off onto a tree man, and I was expecting to take the charge. Um, but he got 11 wounds on my tree man, so he had to roll just even a waiver, it would have been fine. And he rolled, I think it was a, a 9 with a re-roll uh, twice to take him off, and that really just swung the game for me. So I'd set up some flank charges if he stayed. Um, and it was one of those math hammer doesn't work moments. But uh, it was I had to give it a go. He sort of had three hordes um, that were pretty good at taking out my trees. Um, as well as the Berserker regiments. I think he had two of those. So that that was over on the right flank again, um, taking on my trees, and I was pretty comfortable there as long as that tree held. Unfortunately, he didn't, and uh, yeah, it sort of got pretty messy. Uh, the other thing there that really helped out was in one round, his uh, shooters up the back there uh, shot off my knights in one go. That's when they were coming over to support. Um, so one round of shooting and just took them off. Um, which was hmm. pretty sad for me, not for him. Perspective. In the end, my archer unit was uh, the MVP, so took off all of the boom wagons and then slowly moved up through the middle, uh, picked up the uh, token in the centre as well as holding its own, and then took off the shooters at the back, which was one of their tokens. And in the end, I think it came down to a bit of a misunderstanding, I would say, about the rules, potentially, about the scenario rules, is that he dropped the token and then picked it up, I think, in this one. Mm-hmm. But it was actually just shooting the unit, I think, would have killed it. But either way, um, the result came down to... And now I've lost it, I think. It was a 6-15 <laughs> loss. There we go. Uh, but a very bloody battle there. Uh, he got 1,500 attrition points to my 1,200 attrition points. So there wasn't much left that wasn't uh, badly wounded as well. Mm. But a mm. good game, once again, just lost on uh, by one objective in the end. Bugger. Hmm. All right. My day two. Now I come into day two thinking, no more stupid mistakes, Bernie. So what do I do first game of day two? Deploy incorrectly. Fuck it, right uh, So it started really well. <laughs> I was playing uh, Bridget McGarry and her elves, and to be brutally honest, I should have lost this game. It was just that Bridget ran herself out of time, thinking a little too much in earlier turns, um, mm. which gave me the opportunity in the last turn to pick up a token or get close to a token that I probably shouldn't have, but um, uh, it's not really much to say about this game. I failed a couple of double charges, um, rolling 36-odd dice and doing five wounds. Go Spoon. (laughs) And I got picked apart by her shooting. She played quite intelligently, I would say, for someone that hadn't played that many games. Mm -hmm. Bane chanting the right units getting into the right position for following turns and whatnot. So I think she was a bit unlucky. If she hadn't have run out of time, she definitely would have won that game. And I come out 13-8 win. Shouldn't have, though. Should have been the other way around. 13-8, that's... 13-8, is that right? Yeah, mm. 13-8, yeah. Oh, wow, that's, that's even cl- possible. That, yeah, yeah, that's a win, but you get a negative on the other stuff. Yeah, she got me on attrition. Oh, there you go. There was a good 400-odd points difference in the attrition. Cool. 
Cool, mm. good times. Very fun to play against anyway. And you? I played Bridget too, although not in the same round. Yeah, that would have been weird. No wonder she ran out of time. I, I played her <laughs> later. and Yeah, I suppose I'll comment on it, on it then. But yeah, she did seem to suffer from like a serious case of uh, thinking a bit too much, which to be honest is a disease I wouldn't mind catching myself. If anything... I have the opposite problem. <laughs> <thinking enough>. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it looks like I'm thinking really hard, but really I'm probably just like singing Old MacDonald Had a Farm in my head. <laughs> <laughs> so I played a Joshua, who was the Ratkin player that you played in round something, two, maybe? Two, yeah. yeah. So this is sort of this was another spray brown kind of kind of number or brown and black. I think he had four or five rats painted out of the two or three hundred on the table, which was this is always a bit of an eyesore to be honest. Uh, mildly disappointing, but a, a good game nonetheless. Uh, in a sense, I mean, Josh, I think he's getting a bit frustrated with his dice. Unfortunately, poor devil. I mean, he wasn't rolling particularly well, but to be honest with you, the dice didn't have a huge amount to do with it. He pushed his army forward. And similar mistakes to what he made against Jewsburn, he just hung a few units out there. And uh, after turn one, he had given me the flank of both of his shock troop units, which was completely unnecessary. If he just sort of held them back a little bit, I would have mm-hmm. not been able to charge them. But they sort of just hung out with their dicks in the wind a little bit. And I so I'd, I'd smacked them with like a troop of, of the Hackpaw dudes, the little riding friends, which mm-hmm. don't do like a huge amount of uh, damage really, but... The, the brutes are just so easy to take off and you hit them in the flank and, mm. yeah, it's just see you later. So so I took both those units off almost immediately, I think, and then um, proceeded to sort of pick apart the rest of his army. Uh, the only unit he got in contact on his terms really was uh, was the slave horde and also the uh, the horde of uh, smelly blokes. Blight Horde, that's the one. Yep. So the, both, both of those units were charge, charging for, I think, three turns in a row into the front of my Blight Horde in a forest. And so each time I was like, okay, so that's sixes to hit um, and you're also disordered, so that's sevens to hit. So yeah, sevens. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay, oh, okay, I'm going to roll heaps of dice and then he'd do like one or two wounds as you'd expect. At the most, yeah. Even with defense three, when you got sevens to hit, for God's sake, you're not getting many hits. So, so he goes in and uh, does like bugger all wounds, and then I sort of go, okay, well, um, I'm not going to charge you. I'm just going to keep sitting here. So, uh, where you go? <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Then eventually, those units got charged in both flanks and the rear, and that was the end of the game. So that was an absolute drubbing, but um, it ended up being seventeen four. Mainly because I think all three of his most expensive units I shot off, and unlike some of the rest of the tournament, I actually read the the rule correctly, which means when you shoot off a unit, you don't get the point. So all you're doing is denying your opponent the point rather than getting it yourself. Mm. So had I like shot them down and almost killed them, and then got them in combat and got the thing, then it would have been max points. But I didn't really have the opportunity to do that in fairness, and a couple of times I rolled quite cheekily high. You know when you're sort of winning a game and then the dice like really rub it in and start rolling really well for you and it's <laughs> the salt comes out. Yeah, it's, <laughs> your poor opponent's like, oh great, fucking dice too, and it's like, and you you feel like oh, you keep going, oh sorry man, like uh, yeah, sorry, <laughs> what can I say? It's <laughs> yeah. one of those. Okay, uh, from round five we got to round six, which is scour. I played Peter Ball. Guess what he was playing? That's right, I already gave you the answer Dwarfs. before. Dwarfs. Very much like the other dwarf army, just uh, with angel allies. 
more rangers than organ guns. I don't think he had any organ guns, just a lot of rangers. <laughs> Brocks, because they're a, a staple. Yep. And the dwarf on a big thing. I ran out of time on this one. I don't know what I was doing, but I ran out of time at like right at the end of turn six, and oh. then we had a turn seven. Ugh. That's unusual for you. Yeah, I know. It's too many games. That's what it is. I'm still <laughs> tired from the day before. But that ended up a draw. Uh, I didn't really move much, really. I just kind of hugged my own tokens and threw out dudes that I could afford to throw out. And yeah, that ended up in a 11-9 draw my way. Hey. I don't think there was any particular outstanding special things there other than I ran out of time. It's not a good feeling. <laughs> no. And I shan't do it again. <laughs> All right, so like you go. Yep, so uh, for me it was up against, it was an elf off. Uh, against Greg Johnson. So Greg took the Green Lady, uh, a tree, tree herder, a Dracon Rider Lord, a Elven Mage, a Sea Guard, I think with Vicious, Regiment of Palace Guard, and Stormwim Cav with the Caterpillar, and the Green Lady's Wild Guard as well, a Horde of Forest Shamblers, and two Bolt Throwers. So this was a, a bit of a weird one. So Apparently, this was the first game that uh, Greg had remembered to use Vanguard. <laughs> Better late than never. <laughs> so, it was the second last game of the whole tournament, and he's remembered. So, we sort of got through there, and in his excitement, uh, he's Vanguarded his treekin all the way up. I think it was like 12 inches or so that he was moving up. It puts them all down, and then we rolled for see whose turn and it was my turn, and that's when it dawned on him that if he had lost the first turn, he'd already given my tree man a uh, flank charge. Uh, hmm. So it wasn't great for him. Um, so his tree king copped my tree in his flank right at the start. Uh, dual charge on his wild guard there as well with a tree tree man and my shamblers. Shamble, shamble, shamble. Mm-hmm. So... Um, that didn't sort of go well for him right at the start. How not to Vanguard? Did, you, did he Vanguard so badly that they just wrote Treekin out of the game Vanguard? <laughs> no, it didn't. So because it was, he was lucky that it was only the Tree Man um, because they've only got seven attacks. Hmm. So I think I rolled pretty ordinary and uh, did eight wounds on them. And because they're dash 18, I think, uh, they managed to hang around a little bit longer. The Wild Guard, however... The Green Lady's Wild Guard didn't fare so well, so I took them off in one turn. But he had his Tree Man behind, so the Tree Man locked horns with my Shamblers, and he used his Green Lady uh, there to just tie up the other Tree Man for, I think, the remaining turns. So the Tree Man was locked in with some terrain and other things, so we only really had the Green Lady to stop her from healing the Tree Man so that I could finish him off with the War of Attrition, mm. uh, which they did eventually. And... I sort of forced him with that Vanguard slip. It sort of forced his Sea Guard to come forward and start to get really involved rather than sitting back knocking off wounds. And I think that was pretty much where the game went really south for Greg. Um, so at that stage, I got my Knights involved, wavered his Sea Guard, then I blood boiled them and they were taken off and it sort of cascaded for him from there. Treekin went off next turn. My archers uh, rolled like a demon and took off his knights in one turn. And in the end, the only thing that was left was his uh, uh, Dracon Rider 
at the end and I moved up and shot everything at that and took him off as well and for the next two turns it was just a green lady that didn't have anything to heal no attacks to attack anything so I just claimed all the objectives yeah. and uh, so unfortunately big win it was a big win it was a 20 zip <laughs> pretty big win yeah God. poor Greg my what are we up to game 6 is that right yeah uh, almost I, there played Dennis and his dwarves I don't think uh, Dennis had played all that many games. I think it was his first tournament, so but he seemed to be enjoying himself quite a bit. Mm-hmm. His list was full of dwarf hordes. I can't remember what the combat troops called. You can tell me what they are, Ben, because you know, surely. Like the ironclad. Yeah, I think they were ironclad. He had a few hordes of those. He also had a berserker Brock troop, a flying king, wings a honey maze guy. Yeah. The big engine thing, whatever that's called. Behemoth. Yeah, the behemoth. Yeah, that's the one. I can't even remember what else he had. It was just lots of hordes of troops. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, um, this one, I basically sat on the objectives for most of the game and he wasn't aggressive enough. I held him, held one flank of his back with a horde of, uh, sorry, a regiment of horsemen, the Twisted Victims, and the Lord of Lies, while my tag team, Cronius, Efreet, and uh, Blood Boiling, Abyssal Champ, just breathed on things and then Blood Boiled and took a unit off a turn such a power gamer oh, totally yeah <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that one turned out to be a 14-7 win my way nice so that's your okay he just wasn't aggressive enough he probably should have moved at me a bit more than what he did spoon coming back making a comeback on day two power gaming against no. first tournament guys <laughs> <laughs> yeah that'd be right cleaning up the bunnies How about you here well, I played a dude called Max, um, who was a very lovely, energetic character. I quite liked him. He um, he was playing Gobbos, and probably the most broken Kings of War army I've played against so far. And I think he could, he he would probably agree with, with that sentiment from what he told me after the game. Is that he um, he was a very new player. Um, had only played a little while, but certainly not new to wargaming in general. So he sort of he had his head around it well, and by that stage he'd played quite a few games because we're up to game six. So I think he played I don't know maybe ten games of the army, which is is not a great it's a similar number to me with Maratkin, frankly. So we're sort mm. of at a similar level of um, experience, but uh, while his mind sort of struggling to get up to that two thousand point mark, his uh, was about as optimized as they came. So he had. Um, Three units of the uh, Fleabag Riders regiments, about, I want to say, four trombones, three or four wizards, and about four units of goblin archers, several of which were hordes, and basically a lot of shooting and a couple of, you know, a bunch of really fast cavalry that hit surprisingly hard uh, if you get close enough to actually not die from the shooting. Uh, Plenty of blood boil everywhere as well on these, so blood boil, lightning bolt, what have you. So... uh, my army is the highest defense is four, and uh, the highest movement. Although there are there are two very weak units with movement nine. Let's take them out because they have nerve like nine eleven, and you're basically looking at movement six. Yeah. So uh, my choices were walk toward him and die, or <laughs> not walk toward him and die. So but I chose the former. Uh, I didn't realize, in fairness, quite how crazy the shooting gets. I. I hadn't played against most of. I'd never played against goblins before, and most of his army I hadn't. I hadn't seen before, although I, um, you know, quickly realised. So I gave him first turn. That was my first mistake, because I won first turn and then chose 
to him to have it because I looked at it. I'm like, oh, it's mainly short bows and stuff. You know, they're range 18. No, no it turns out they're range 24. Uh, <laughs> a few other, you know. Warhammer days. Yeah, definitely a few Warhammer hangovers in there. I'll just charge this unit of goblins with whatever. I'll be able to take them off. I oh, know they've got route like 23 or something because they're a horde and this is Kings of War, not Warhammer. Yeah. yeah there's a few Warhammer hangovers in this game for sure because uh, Gobbo's playing a very different way to how they do in uh, in Warhammer. Mm. So, um, yeah, uh, I, I did make a few mistakes and could have definitely played better, but I honestly don't think playing noticeably better would have changed the result. It was say it was a seven to whatever's less than that. So fourteen, is that possible? No, one. It's one to twenty. I apologise. I started on seven before I took all the negatives off. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I actually got one. So it was one to twenty. I did manage my one point. I think I had three or four characters left at the end of turn three. Oh, good job. The rest of the army was dead <laughs> at that point. So, uh, to be honest, after my record, as anyone, any listeners that have been paying attention so far would know, I'm not exactly doing crash hot at the tourney so far. Uh, frankly, pretty flabbergasted to be playing an army like this in the second to last round. But I suppose that's what happens when, you know, you, you're new to the game. And unlike me, Max had really done his homework and he had sort of had a few mates really uh, help him work out what the killer combos were. And he, um, you know, brought a... Brought a gun to uh, gun to a gunfight while as I was uh, stuck with me pants around my ankles or something. Flailing about. <laughs> yep, bringing the wrong thing. All right, with game six down, we had, well, I had a shocking lunch. It was the worst hot dog I've ever had. <laughs> hot dog. Holy shit, that I'm surprised terrible. you survived I know that. I know that this is a Kings of War podcast, uh, largely, but can you just talk us through your uh, hot dog scenario? Just talk us through uh- it. My poorly assembled steamed sausage in quite stale roll. Um, it was half sticking out of it. There was no condiments on top of it. And it was a sad, sad lunch. I wouldn't have fed it to a dog. Mm, but I was hungry. It was pretty, it was pretty f***ing brutal. I can't <laughs> believe you ate it. That was one of the worst meals I've ever seen in front of a human being. Yep. <laughs> this was the same lunch that you ordered a coffee and nobody made you an, a coffee. I stood there for five or ten minutes while uh, the about three or four other people behind the counter just like chit-chatted to themselves and this one poor girl was run ragged trying to serve the frankly legion of customers that were lining up and eventually I just went up to her and go, look love, no one's making me the coffee, can you just give me a nice coffee? And she sort of apologised, poor, poor girl. But uh, all her mates hanging out at the back, uh, yeah, what a bunch of pelicans. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, let's get into it. The last game of the tournament Nice and full from my sad sausage. <laughs> we have round seven control. I was facing Dwarf Army. Ready uh, to cop some more sausage? Ready to cop some more sausage? Fraser. He Fraser K was my opponent. This was a really good game. Last uh, game of the tournament, kind of run down. You don't want to do it anymore. But I had a ton of fun. There was just a lot of swingy moments. His army is kind of a mix of the two Dwarf Armies I played before. Uh, Rawdon... The Dungeon Saga character made an appearance. Uh, Hanaeus the Hunter with rangers and organ guns and brocks aplenty and a horde of dudes. But we got into turn seven and we were just trying to score one point to get above each other. Uh, Rawdon killed my half-breed regiment. Uh, I had a bunch of damage, only a decent roll to take them off. I felled all my regen and they kind of fled on one roll higher than he needed, which my region could have helped, and that would have won the mid-game. 
His Hernaeus was sucky. I think he was kind of like a con man. He kind of spoke big of himself and was put into the army. He was like, oh, shit, now I've got to perform. And he didn't. He just missed everything. <laughs> I think probably the funniest thing was my big guy, the Infernoch, the Golem. He was trying to run over the edge to get a point, and he got rear-charged by Ranger Regiment. So that was 36 attacks in the arse. They've got crushing one, hitting on fours because they were hindered. And they did no wounds at all, no damage. And I cackled to myself, and he got really frustrated, and it was a draw. (laughs) (laughs) So I'd like to play Fraser again. I'd like to grudge him if he's in attendance next year, because that was super fun. Results, 9-11 his way. Another close one for you? The kind of game that you want in the last round. Super fun. Yeah, love a good draw. Love a good draw. It's always fun. Yeah, Good way to end it. And for my final, round seven, whew. John McGarry and his ogres. So once again, three ogres. Good old McGarry. Good old McGarry. Yep, three ogres, and I managed to get two of them as well. Um, So that was good. (laughs) Good job. (laughs) Um, uh, So he was running uh, two regiments of ogre warriors, an ogre horde uh, with the caterpillar potion, some shooters up the back, an army standard with the healing charm, a warlock with blood boil, um, which is going to become very important for everyone. Uh, <laughs> and another warlock there, just with the Skarmor Venulian amulet to give him extra lightning. Uh, Grokamok, a mammoth, a giant, and Grokamok's... Uh, yeah, Grokamagamox? Whatever Grokagamok. he's... Yeah. <laughs> His finest praise. Is his real name Grokamok? <laughs> uh, it should Grokagamok. be. It's, There's it's, a K. There's a cut in there. Yeah. Get uh, rid of that shame. K, I say. But... Uh, <laughs> There's too many syllables. <laughs> McGarry played really well. He has played with elves previously, and I played with ogres previously. So we both knew exactly what we should be taking out. Um, So he really started on my archers straight away with his shooters. And Mm -hmm. he chipped away and chipped away, but I won that battle um, and took off all of his shooting and was pinning down both of his warlocks with stupid amounts of wounds. And it really came down to... The final turn, I was shooting at his warlock with blood boil and hitting the other warlock, I think, with uh, a, a combat troop at the time. And mm. then I snake eyes on the warlock with blood boil after doing 14 wounds or 15 wounds on him. And so he just got to walk over and blood boil my uh, severely wounded archer unit. And that was the game. That was the turning point, the snake eyes. And that turned it from a nice big win my way over to, I think it was another 16-5 loss. Yeah. But just because it was my last game, uh, that was my 10th snake eyes in seven games. So Yeah, I can't believe you haven't talked about it so far. I keep waiting for you to mention it. Uh, <laughs> I think there was, <laughs> there was a couple that were important, but that one there was the one that actually swung the game. So while I did get 10 across the whole tournament, it was probably the, the major one. Mm. Brutal. 10 snake eyes in six games and that's 10 negative ones not just not including ones against you i gather yeah correct so uh I, and i didn't win the uh, snake eyes award there was a hey, someone got, got 12, 12 or something <laughs> so unlucky yeah. you're not even unlucky enough to get lucky <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's the, the worst part the braves were good um i ended up just feeding them and then chipping away wounds um mm. and in the end i just dedicated uh, tied up the warlocks um, so that I knew that I couldn't shoot, and then I just unleashed a whole volley of archers into them and mm-hmm. uh, ended up taking them off. So I mm. think in the last turn... For as offensive as they are, they're only defense four. Yeah, that's it. 
but yeah, it was a great game, uh, a good way to finish. And John's obviously pretty experienced with the elves as well, so knew how to count me. Hmm. Right, Gosh, how'd you fare last game? My last game, I hope I'm pronouncing this correctly. I played Parwell. Is that how you pronounce it? Swordmaster? I think it's uh, pronounced with a V instead of a W. Parvel? Okay. All right. Parvel. There you go. I played his MSU Elves, and this was the most inspiring game I played all weekend. I basically watched him pick me apart in every segment of the game with his little teeny tiny units. It was just amazing to watch how it all worked. So is MSU a thing in Kings of War? Uh, Seems like. I don't think I've seen anyone else. I've, I'd never try. seen it before until this game. I'd seen his battle reports before. Yeah, he's been doing it mm. for years. He loves it. Like, MSU Elves is just his thing, right? Like, he's been doing it for... That's his bag. I don't know, a decade or something. Yeah. This is his old Warhammer army. Yeah. It was very a very cagey game to begin with. No one wanted to commit to anything um, getting in range of combat because he had two flying regiments of um, Dracon riders. And mm. on my side of the board, I had uh, Twisted Victims and Lord of Lies and I think the Horsemen were over there as well with some gargoyles. Yeah, um, but he had a flying character as well, the whatever the Dracon Lord version of them is. I'm assuming that mm-hmm. might even be called that. Picked a couple of points off the units with Lightning. I thought it's turn three, because he had more shooting at long range than what I did with uh, the Light Cav. He had a unit of Sea Guard and stuff, so he's picking away at me. I had to make a move at some point, otherwise I was just going to get taken off the board in my deployment zone. Mm-hmm. Uh, made the move, got behind me, because I moved a wee bit too far. It wasn't the end of the world, I could counter that, but... In the end, his little units of um, Palace Guard and... Oh, he had a regiment of Palace Guard as well. Were tearing me apart in the middle by the time I'd got to where I needed to be. So, in the end, it was a big loss. Uh, I ended on a 19-2 loss. <laughs> but it was so fun. I'd love to play him again. Cool. You, you need the, right. uh, the, the gem of explodiness. Yeah, Crystal Pendant. Crystal Pendant <laughs> for the win against MSU. <laughs> so good. <laughs> I can't wait to take my assassin with the crystal pendant. I'm pretty sure that's the best idea I've ever had. It is. <laughs> it's a broken combo. You've got to use it before it gets taken out. So OP. All right. I'm going to uh, talk about the last game also. I played Bridget, as we talked about earlier. Um, so Spoon, I played two of your opponents again. Um, mm. So Bridget, uh, she's, she's a lovely, lovely woman. She was playing with her dad's elves. And uh, sadly, at one point in the game, her dragon, or his dragon rather, which was on this sort of like absurdly high base. Do you remember that spoon? Yeah. It, it's like, yeah, a, it's like it a, a column or a Yeah, like or a big column yeah. kind of thing. And it kept falling yeah. over and she was trying her best to stand it up. And for some reason in my tired brain at round seven, I didn't think to suggest maybe put something else there. Like when she put it right on the edge of the table, it just didn't even cross my mind. Uh-oh. And neither of us noticed it fall off. And then like five or ten minutes later, however long it was, uh, some random passerby like was like, um, is that your dragon, guys? And she's like, oh, shit, it's on the ground in pieces. So that was a bit traumatic. Mm. Bit no. of a bummer. Uh, so we had half a dragon flapping around for most of the game. But, uh, <laughs> you know, no. it's just bad luck. I, I think it was fixable. No big drama. Um, yep. But, uh, yeah, right from the start, I was conscious of the fact that she'd played you and run out of time. And I yep. said to her, like, have you had any trouble with time so far in the tournament? Each of my games I'd left about four or five minutes left on the clock, which was just probably about right. So I said, oh, you know, hey, have you had trouble with time? She's like, I've run out of time three times uh, and got really close in my other three games. So I said, all right, cool. Do you want to play without the clock? She goes, oh, well, no, I really want to learn and, and get better at using the clock. So let's um, let's use it. And I said, well, if we run out of time, we'll just keep playing. So that's what we did. We tried to stick with the it's clock. Last game. Uh, last game, like who cares, right? And we were on table one. 
just uh, so listeners understand my prowess. Top tables. I think I was, yep, I think I was 58th out of 65 or something at this point. <laughs> like abysmal, despite two wins. Uh, so, you know, yeah, we're doing real shit house. So we high-fived <laughs> about being on table one, as you do, and uh, battled it out. Yeah, this was a really good game. It was really close uh, all the way through. I think perhaps she breathed a little bit too much with the dragon instead of charging me up the arse when she had the chance. And that sort of took her out a bit, but right, it came to right down to the last couple of rolls. She was sort of convinced I was going to win, but she was definitely still in it and almost came back. Uh, had we played with time, she would have run out about a turn and a half before the end, and I would have done exactly what Spoon did and just moved into all the various objective quarters and won. Mm. Uh, but we, we played on, and it ended up being a draw. So a really fun game. Uh, similar to Ben, like having a draw in the last round is... And having it come right down to the wire was uh, was really good fun. Mm, yeah, and she's she's no like let me not let me just be clear that she's not a poor player at all. She's actually really good, just uh, a little bit slow on the on the clock, um, as yeah, as I can be sometimes as well. Especially once I start drinking beers and high fiving about being on table one or what have you, you know, <laughs> singing Old MacDonald Had a Farm and all that. So yeah, I I can be a bit slow sometimes. I understand that. So yeah, she's a really good player, a new player like me, but nevertheless. Moving up in the world, and I'm sure the both of us will do better at the next event. Hmm. So that was a nine eleven loss uh, slash loss. loss? Nine eleven, yeah. Well, no, it's a oh shit. Oh, I just dropped out of the channel. Never mind that. Uh, it's a, <laughs> it's it's a, turns out you can do that. I didn't even know. Um, yeah, it's it was a well, it was a draw, but a nine eleven yep. draw. Yeah, her way. Yep. Yeah, yeah, her way. That's so correct. Just, just having a look at those, uh, just to reconfirm that she's no slouch. She actually got 1,300 of your, your victory points there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we killed the shit out of each other's so army. points. Yeah, that was a brutal game by the sounds of it. Yeah, real fun game. Uh, only problem is that probably going over time was possibly not the best choice, even though it was a funner way of playing it because we ended up being like the last table and people waiting for us to pack up and that kind of thing. So uh, that I think probably both of us missed out on doing our best sport vote and that kind of thing because, mm. you know, in fairness, I... I could have done it earlier, but I like to wait till I've actually finished all, all in this case, seven games to, games. Yep. you know, vote for the best sport. So. That's to be fair. Yep. Yeah. But oh well, no biggie. So what were the standings? How did everyone rank? <laughs> Shit poor. Shit. I think I was about 50th, <laughs> roughly. I've even been worse than that. No, that's not roughly, mate. It's 50. Comfortably the lowest I've ever finished in any tournament, that's for sure. On 56 for Hugh. Yep. And then 50th for Spoon. And for me, 43rd. And then if you just keep on scrolling up, where is it? There it is, 17th for you, Benson. Mm. Yeah, and I'm sorry. Yeah, but I feel like I could have done a bit better. As you know, a guest on the podcast, I'm sorry to have to be the bearer of bad news, but uh, Selleck and Spoon, you are in fact both sacked. Yeah, I've already <laughs> said that. But ben, Fired by the guest. Ben won't get rid of us, apparently. No, because you make me look good. Ouch. <laughs> yes, so uh, it, it's a bit of an apology, I guess, uh, for... Spoon and myself, uh, we've we've let the podcast down in our performance. Um, <laughs> we will do better at some point. I'm not sure if that's in Kings of War. It's almost statistically impossible to do worse, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose we should run through the top three, just because Jeff Trace, Tracy, he came number one. Then we had Adrian Stacks, Staculard, number two, and Clint Richards with Goblins, number three. So two dwarfs and a gobbo. Taking the podiums there. There's a lot of dwarfs there, wasn't there? Yeah. Many a dwarf. Yeah. 
That's funny that like my best game was against the Dorf as well. I'm used to see it, so many Warhammer hangovers. I tell you, I got to get it out of my brain because it it does mm-hmm. just affect you. It's, like I mentioned it in the Goblin game, Dwarfs as well play very differently, and they're a much more fun army to play. It's less like I'm just going to sit back here and shoot your face off kind so of. So much more fun. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like goblins became dwarfs, and dwarfs became goblins almost. Is how is how it felt over the because the dwarfs were fun to play, and the goblins were not so much. I mean, mm. the opponent was great. Let's mm. just be clear on that. Well, really lovely community of guys playing Kings of War, as it turns out. Mm. Mm. Uh, everyone that I played at that tournament, I have not played before, I believe. So it's good. Good playing um, seven different opponents that I've not done so before. And I think it's such a clean rule set as well that there's very rarely disputes. Um, so I'm mm. not sure if uh, Matt, the tournament organizer there, got too many rule queries that weren't like really basic. One thing that is concerning me, uh, if we can just sort of move past that, is that in Australia, our top 15, we had five dwarves, and they've just got like a little bit of a buff. In our next episode, we'll talk about it, but yeah. Yes. Mm. I don't think it was necessary, but there you go. Well, my Ratkin army will also be getting a buff, in fairness, um, when I take my assassin with the crystal pendant. (laughs) You're not going to take one. You're you're taking three. You're taking the uh, musketeers. Yeah, three assassins, (laughs) one of which has the crystal pendant. Watch out, yeah. CanCon 2019. <laughs> my list was too too good. That was my problem. <laughs> Do we have anything else that we need to say? I guess just a big thank you. Yeah. Yeah, thanks to Matt for running an awesome event. I mean, the event in general, I suppose, um, it's worth mentioning that I thought the the scoring system was really good. Is this mm. just the standard uh, Clash of Kings scoring system now? I think this is fairly new. They weren't sure if they were going to use Blackjack for Clash of Kings. Why is it called Blackjack? Because it's, it's at a 21. Oh, of course. The scores always come to 21. Of course. Makes sense. Except on a draw. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. House wins on a draw. But I think this scoring system should be used going forward. Yeah. Oh, I, totally I think it's agree. fantastic. It's really nice split. And it, it felt like the correct number, I suppose, if you like. Like in the close games where, you know, I lost, but so I deserve to get less points. But I still like got a few additional kills or what have you or i got some good objective points and stuff i felt like i got rewarded for that and mm-hmm. and the, the the differential between how well i did versus how well my opponent did was pretty well reflected mm. yeah so i like that not only that um even if you are losing the game you you're still motivated to play for an objective or objective mm-hmm. points yeah just to reiterate that as well it sort of goes into three phases there's one get the objectives to win the game if you know that you're not going to win the game, it's get the objectives to maximize your points or to minimize your loss. Mm. And then when, when that's even gone, like you've been hammered, it's always, all right, let's try and now go for attrition to try and get some points. So across those three phases, there was always something to play for. And mm. I think that was a really healthy way to play, even though I only won two of my seven games. I didn't lose that badly in all of them because I followed that, that structure. Yeah, agree mm. completely. It's really nice having something to play for. Even in the Goblin game, uh, for the last three turns, I got to hide my characters as best I could. So that was cool. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to charge these little units and take them off with like my like one attack enforcer and shit like that. That was fun. <laughs> 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 but yeah, good times. In, in all seriousness, it, it, I feel like I need to mention that seven games was too much for me. I won't be playing next year on the basis if if we have seven again. Because I felt like, it, not because any of the games were not fun or like the, the people were lovely and what have you, but when I'm traveling all the way to Canberra for an event and I'm driving eight hours a day before and eight hours a day after and what have you, 
and uh, you know I've got a bunch of mates there and all that kind of thing. I like to be able to experience the event a little bit and also potentially you know go out with the lads to the bar afterwards and whatever. And what I found with this number of games in such a cerebral game as Kings of War is it just absorbed sort of the everything a little bit too much for me. Mm. So, no, like, I get that some people like seven games. I mean, every single person I spoke to about it, which probably would have been at least in the ballpark of 20 people, said that they felt seven was too much. So, there must be some people that disagree. I just didn't find them. I guess I wasn't talking to the lads on the top tables but as much, but... Uh, yeah, that... If you want to play a fourth game after the first day, play a fourth game with a friend or something. Yeah, that seems fair. <laughs> like, if you really need game. another game, play someone else. Six is enough, yeah. definitely. I mean, I, I personally yeah. like a five-game tournament, but I can understand the need for six at like a premier event that, that, like this one. Uh, but mm-hmm. I don't feel like seven really you know, separates the men from the boys up on the podium and what have you. Like, I don't know, someone correct me on the math there. Perhaps it does, but I feel like it doesn't really matter when you're playing a game of toy soldiers and you want to go out with your mates for a beer after game three on day one and you know you've got the night ahead of you and perhaps even a little bit of time to check out the convention while it's still open Mm. instead of being like last dudes there and then shambling out to the bar like having barely able to bloody hold your head up yep so yeah my thoughts on that i hate to be negative on what was such an awesome event but just that one sort of minor thing uh, is it's it, that one gripe. Yeah, it's enough. To, it's enough to mean for me anyway that I I won't be playing next year. I'll, I'll play something else. Still come along. I love CanCon and I like hanging out with the lads, uh, with all you boys and all that kind of thing. But I will probably play one day or I'll do something else or whatever, and just sort of come and see how you're doing. Yeah, mm. it's too hard. Mm. Six games would bring me back though, because lovely crowd. Yeah. All right, so thanks to the TOs, and thank you, Hugh, for joining us on the cast. If you want to listen to Hugh a bit more, you can go and re-listen to our Undead episode, or you can listen to his podcast, which is Malifaux-focused. What's that one called? As the Red Jokers is my uh, Malifaux podcast, which I run with three homies, mm-hmm. uh, which you've been on as well, Ben, mm-hmm. uh, several times. A couple of times, yeah. So incestuous. Mm, we <laughs> love playing games together. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Um, yeah, it's a fun podcast, bit of a different format to this one and obviously about a different game. But if you're into Malifaux at all, then you'll probably enjoy it or just uh, into a bit of banter and what have you. Uh, check out the Red Jokers. But uh, yeah, also check out the Undead episode if you haven't already because I have it on good authority that it's got the most listens. It still does. <laughs> so, uh, yep, uh, no big deal. No big deal. All right, we'll leave it there. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Um, I guess we'll catch you soon, probably to chat about the new Clash of Kings 2018 book. Uh, yeah. Bye. See you guys. Yeah, direct misfire blowing up the game. Talking many war games is our aim. Rule books to advice, we cover it all. With the best tactics, we never fall. Bend some spoon and sell liquor in the mix. Math hammer doesn't work, it's a trick. Follow along, stay up to date. Comment, like, subscribe today. Come check us out on Facebook and Twitter at Direct Misfire. If you want to shoot us an email, directmisfire at gmail.com. We, we really do just talk crap.